What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fantasy Frenzy podcast. Super excited to be here. Um, we got our week six previews tonight, as well as a few other bits we've prepared for you guys. My name is Benjamin Petalero. I'm your host. I'm joined here, as always, by my very special co-hosts, Robert Armstrong and Tyler Mastro Marino. Boys, week six, how are we feeling? It looks like, so we're good. It's questionable at some points this week. Yeah, and I'm I'm very excited. It seems like the NFL's working very hard to get these games all in, and Team Zanka remains undefeated. Yeah, okay, okay. I think, um, yeah, a couple of big stories yesterday. Patriots player tested positive, as well as I think there was a Falcons player, which turned out to be a Falcons staff member, so I think that was of a little concern very quickly. Um so I think as of right now, there are not any games postponed, correct? There was a thought the Patriots game might be, but it seems like that's not the case anymore. Their facility was opened this morning as of, or since they canceled practice yesterday. So it seems like that game will be fine to go. Um, first thing player I wanna... test positive yesterday, but as a practice squad player, so they shut it down today. But so far, that game's still happening tomorrow. Yeah, so as of right now, it seems everything is on as scheduled for this week, which is great news, um, obviously, for the whole league, given the amount of cancellations or rescheduling postponements that we've had over the past couple weeks. Really good sign for the NFL this week, given some positive tests, but it's been fairly under control. So we'll obviously monitor that as we get further into the season. But for right now, it looks like week six is on as normal. We are super excited as well because we can kind of go through our bits as we normally would and not have to, you know, talk about players that might need to be used for backups or what have you. I want to start off this show, um, as we did last week, talking about our ascenders and descenders for the week. Um, You guys know how this works. We'll do a little round robin, one for each position. We'll change up the order as we go. I will go last being the host, so Rob, coming off of a studs and duds victory, we will let you go first. Who is going to be your running back ascender for the rest of the season? The rest of the season, I was going to cheat and pick Alexander Madison. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I, that's that's bias. Uh, this one also may look like bias, but I actually don't have him in my other league, so, and someone else has him, I really want him, is going to be Miles Gaskin. Uh, obviously, coming off a good week, uh, Ben, we actually talked about this in some behind-the-scenes trade talks, but coming off a good week, he's played some tough run defenses. They didn't get Le'Veon Bell, which is which was my concern before fully submitting him as my ascender for the rest of the year. We'll get to that later, I, I imagine. Um, but no, Miles Gaskin, I mean, the Dolphins look way better than anyone thought they would be. It's not great, but still, they're running the ball even if they are behind the games. He's getting a ton of touches, don't really have much behind him. Breda isn't doing a lot. Uh, and I think that, yeah, he's already had a pretty decent season. I think he's position ranked 16 for running backs. Uh, he's also faced some tough defenses run, running-wise. Obviously, they've passed the ball pretty well, but some tough run defenses in Buffalo, Jacksonville, uh, not Jacksonville as much, but Seattle and San Francisco. And he ran all over San Francisco last week. Um, so with the Jets, and then he gets to play the Jets twice still. 
couple other bad run defense i think he's going to just be consistent 30 uh consistent top 15 for the rest of the year which is ascending from his current spot at 16. yeah and we've talked about this so many times like at least weekly on the podcast how the running back position is so volatile this year and everything you know running backs are so valuable especially the you know the top two or three guys that just have that solid you know 20 point 20 fantasy point floor every week like your your zeke's your camaras you know cmc when he comes back dalvin cook although he's injured now just players like that are so so valuable to have um and you know through the first couple weeks of the season i thought these were players that were just never going to be traded like i didn't think there was you know you couldn't trade anything for you for them and rob you even alluded to this the other day we were talking about derrick henry evens one of those guys that his floor is just so high and he's so valuable to have. Like you even said, there's nothing, you know, no team could trade you for him because it's just not worth trading any for any of these guys or trading away any of these guys because of the value. People would have to give up. It just doesn't make sense for them. Yeah, to give up. exactly. It doesn't make sense for them or for you because the, 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 um, the value for these guys is just through the roof given the volatility at the position. Um, for someone like me, and we're, we'll kind of di- uh, dive into this later in the show, but obviously Clyde Edwards-Alaire was my first-round pick, and Le'Veon Bell just signed there, who's a, you know a mega threat, especially in the passing game, because he's you know arguably one of the best um, pass-receiving running backs that's ever come through the league. So I think you know it's the position's constantly changing, and you know with the again the volatility, it's just you know crucial to have a solid running back core. And I think those who didn't overload a running back in the first few rounds are really feeling it this year. Um, and I know we've said that before. I don't want to steal too much to- uh, thunder from Tyler, though. Obviously, it's your turn, Tyler. Who's going to be your running back ascender for the rest of the season? I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. Okay. And look, he has not been the greatest so far. He's still been performing fantasy-wise, but he hasn't been getting as much carries and touches on the ball as I would have hoped so far. He has one game with over 20 rushes, which is fantastic. But for the most part, he's usually floating just above 10. Last three games, he had 13, 17, and then 12. I think that's got to go up for the Colts. I think he's the main guy on that offense that can do anything. They got a great O-line led by Quentin Nelson, and their receivers aren't doing much. So I'm excited for him. He's some guy that I'm trying to trade for and having trouble doing it because I feel like everybody knows he's been – He's been performing fine. It's the touches that are the issue, but I like him as an ascender for the rest of the year. He's got some really good matchups coming up, too, a, a good string of them. So how do you think, obviously, Naheem Hines started off the year really strong. You know, Marlon Mack was in the picture, and then, you know, Mack goes down with the injury. You know, you at that point, everyone assumes Jonathan Taylor's taken over, and then Naheem Hines has a couple of big weeks there, and he's kind of faded out since then. So how do you think those two work in sync moving forward. I agree. I agree with your assessment, but I just want to, you know, kind of see what your thought around that is. To me, Naheem Hines is the third down guy, long third down back and the pass catcher in that backfield. That's what he's been over the past few years. And that's not really Jonathan Taylor's game. Anyways, he's getting like maybe one or two catches a game. So I don't think that's going to eat into that volume, but Jonathan Taylor is the early down back. The Colts are a good team. And they haven't, they honestly haven't been good offensively except for one game against the Jets, which does that really count? <clears throat> but yeah, you know my feelings on the Jets. 
I'll yeah, take my I turn just, now. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't think Naheem Hines is going to be a threat to Jonathan Taylor at all. Yeah, I would agree with you as well. I just wanted to get your take on that. I'll take my turn now. My guy was not stolen. And this is somebody that, you know, there was definitely uncertainty coming into the season, but he's performed well. I'm going to go Todd Gurley as my running back ascender for the rest of the season. I think, you know, we've seen the Falcons offense. We know what we get from it. You know, Julio has been in and out of the lineup all year. Sounds like he's going to play this week, which is obviously great. You know, he's one of the, you know, greatest wide receivers ever. And it's obviously better to have him than not. I think that benefits Calvin Ridley owners because Julio will mostly draw coverage or the main coverage, which leaves Calvin Ridley and even Russell Gage open for some more production. Um, Matt Ryan's been not good this season. I think everybody knows that if you've watched any of their games or even looked at the stats. Um, the stats don't necessarily reflect how poorly he's looked, but he's just not the Matt Ryan that we used to. And then, so Todd, and then obviously that leaves Todd Gurley, who's been rumbling on the ground. I mean, he has four touchdowns through the last three weeks, got over 100 yards last week. He's seen a minimum 14 to 16 carries every game this season. I just think he's, you know, they're starting to find their groove, and Todd Gurley's a big part of this offense. Paired with the fact that Matt Ryan's struggling, I think it's going to be kind of more even operating the offense through Matt Ryan passing and Todd Gurley running. You know, Brian Hill's almost non-existent in this offense. So I think that's why I have Todd Gurley as my ascender for the rest of the season. Um, If you guys don't have any contributions to that thought, I will. Surprised by Todd Gurley this year. His knee looks real good. Yeah. So, Rob, we'll come back to you for – actually, no, Tyler. We'll switch up the order. You can go first, Tyler, for your wide receiver ascender for the rest of the season. You're going to love this one, Ben, because it's Robbie Anderson. (laughs) I'm not – I'm shocked. Teddy Bridgewater has been feeding him the ball. He's still a top-tier wide receiver in PPR up until this point and probably standard as well. He's got 55 points in standard, so that's fantastic. I mean – Past two games, his targets 13 and 11. That's insane. I mean, there's not enough good things I can say about the guy. He's breaking 100 yards here and there. He's just, he's a long ball guy without some touchdowns, which is kind of mm-hmm. unusual. So I think the touchdown should go up the yards. Will, yards and targets will probably stay within 10, 20 of 100, like throughout the rest of the season. I mean, no matchup issues coming up, really. He's not even the, considered the number one receiver there. I think DJ Moore would be that guy. So he's not going to draw tough coverage most of the time. So a couple more touchdowns, he's going to be fantastic. So he's my ascender. Yeah, I, you know, obviously you made that little joke. We've talked about him every week and his big play potential. You know, I definitely decreased my value on DJ Moore just because Robbie Anderson's been so good. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater looks fine obviously and then we have we'll have christian mccaffrey coming back next week i think i thought it was supposed to be this week but it looks like it's going to be another week um you know which only open up things more rob we'll go to you next for your wide receiver ascender for the rest of the season Uh, so mine is kind of a cheap ascender because he's been injured for so long um but that is going to be debo samuel uh, even though the quarterback situation isn't amazing uh, out in San Francisco right now, I mean, they, they put they went all in on Jimmy G a few years ago, and now they're all out on Jimmy G. Now, Nick Mullins is injured, so it's C.J. Bethard, but still, that almost, almost helps Debo because 
he's, he's more of the short down guy. He's going to be, he, I mean, he only had three catches and two catches the last two weeks, but it's been a rotation quarterback. I think once they solidify who that starting quarterback is, it's only up for Debo. He missed the first three weeks to injury. Bunch of, bunch of good defense coming up for him in terms of Seattle um, up there. And then he has to play the Rams twice, which they've been hit or miss um, wide receiver wise um, for defenses. So I think that's a good one. You got Dallas at the end of the season. There's a bunch, and then Seattle twice as well. So that that division by is just very good for um, wide receivers. So I think coming off of that injury, getting back into the offense, they've had Brandon Ayuk step out, which draws even more coverage that way. I think there's just so many um, places, and then and then you can kind of step into that Emmanuel Sanders role um, that was get let up last year, obviously with Sanders moving to the Saints. So I think Debo, even though he's come back from injury a little bit slow, I can see him stepping up. Um, and, and becoming a big part of that offense with that quarterback controversy. Um, once that just gets solidified, I hope Nick Mullins comes back healthy because um, so, I think that's going to be the best option for Debo. Yeah, I think that's a great pick and great analysis because obviously last year, um, you know, he was really good. He was a really good asset for that offense. And, you know, coming off the injury, you know, returning to the lineup, that looks a lot different than it did last year, even with Brandon Ayuk and, you know, obviously George Kittle's back. He's, you know, taking his usual production, but I think I definitely agree with your pick there. I almost was going to take a cheap pick, but I decided to go another direction. Obviously, I was going to pick Chris Godwin. Um, coming back from injury, he is obviously going to go back to his top 10 potential every week, um, especially given, the in, you know, Mike Evans is battling injury. Scotty Miller is what he is. O.J. Howard's out, so that leaves Cameron Brait and Gronk. Um, which I feel like I don't need to say much more about that. But the guy I'm going to go with is Marquise Brown. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson's starting to get better than he was in the beginning of the season. Obviously, he was had a little nagging injury and never kept him out of a game, but it looks like he's starting to get his Lamar Jackson form back. Um, Marquise Brown, his targets were up the past two weeks. Last week, he had six receptions, 77 yards, and his first touchdown of the season. Um, I think that offense is only going up. Obviously, he has Mark Andrews on the tight end, and then the running back situation, which we've talked about countless times, um, not as reliable as some other teams. So I think, you know, after a slower start to the season, I think Marquise Brown is somebody that's going to continue to go up for the rest of the season. So obviously, you know, Chris Godwin, but my guy here is going to be Marquise Brown. Now for tight ends, um, Rob, we'll go back to you. Who's going to be your tight end riser for the rest of the season? Tough one again because he he was already he's already probably higher ranked as a tight end than most people would have maybe thought coming into the season as, as we can see it from our draft. Um, but that's Noah Fant. Um, mm-hmm. He does get Drew Locke back healthy this week. They had a huge connection early on in the season. Um, so on like as much five receptions, 81 yards and a touchdown in the first game of the season, four receptions, 57 yards and a touchdown. Um, the second game of the season, last two weeks has not found the end zone. Still those five catches, which is about what you want for a tight end. Tight ends usually outside of your top, top tier aren't getting more than five or six catches a game. Just not the way the offense work in the NFL. So for him to be around that five tight, uh, five catch mark is, is good for me while he's had all these other quarterbacks kind of step in um, and try to fill the spot that Drew Locke was doing well with. Um, I was high on Drew Locke this season. Um, I thought he was going to come and do really well after kind of finishing last season strong. So I think getting him back healthy is going to find a lot more targets towards the red zone because um, they're going to be in the red zone a lot more. They got Philip Lindsay back healthy. 
um, too. So the running game, I know Melvin Gordon just also went out, so it's kind of one for one there. But when those two running backs are healthy, they're going to be just a high, more high-powered offense. He's going to get a lot more red zone targets. And really all he's missing to be a top five tight end right now is a few more touchdowns because he's already ninth ranked. Um, so I can see with Drew Locke coming back um, that he's going to be stepping in and do really well. Yeah, so then Tyler, we'll go off to you. Who's going to be your tight end ascender for the rest of the season? I'm going to go with Jonu Smith. And he's somebody that I think may have already had his best game, but I still think he's going to be fantastic throughout the rest of the season. He's getting seven targets a game right now, which is fantastic as far as tight ends go. And the Tennessee Titans look like a well-oiled machine on offense, and I think he's one of the top pass-catching options there. He's a very good pass catcher, and all the play actions that they can run with all those short passes, Ryan Tannehill just absolutely lighting it up right now only benefits John U. Smith. I know right now he's he's a top five tight end, but I think he's going to finish that. He's going to push one of those top two guys and Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. I think he's going to fall just short of those guys come the end of the year, but still a great option at tight end and someone you should try and trade for, but he's going to be hard to get. Yeah, he's going to be really hard to get, and he was kind of my guy coming into the season. I drafted him with excitement, and then I ended up dropping him, which I'm kind of regretting now, but I had so much faith in Hayden Hurst, and that just has not panned out for me. Um, <clears throat> so I definitely agree with you there. My guy, I kind of did the, had the same issue with the tight ends. I had kind of like a cheaper option, and then the guy I'm going to pick, my cheaper option, Zach Ertz, and we kind of talked about this last week because the options, um, Alshon Jeffrey and – Deshaun Jackson coming back to the offense plus Sanders is you know back fully healthy and obviously playing well or at least he did last week I think just stretches the field Uh, I'm not gonna I don't need to dig into that again but my guy here I'm gonna pick is Irv Smith from the Ravens Um, you know I kind of just talked about Marquise Brown I think on the other side of it now when or excuse me not the Ravens the Vikings um, is Irv Smith my Reason for this is because I think, you know, obviously Adam Thielen's a top five wide receiver. I think he's the wide receiver one in the league right now. Um, Justin Jefferson's playing well also. And I think that the Kyle Rudolph era in Minnesota is done. And I think Irv Smith's the guy now. He had four receptions last week for 64 yards. Kyle Rudolph had one reception. Um, So I think just Kirk Cousins is starting to ramp it up and he's supporting you know, a top five wide receiver and then a rookie who's playing well. And I think Irv Smith's the next one to kind of step up in this offense. So he's going to be my pick there. Um, I was looking at Marquise Brown when I said Irv Smith, so that's why I had the confusion. But anyway, we'll go to our descenders now. Um, Rob, we'll start with you. Um, who's going to be your running back descender for the rest of the season? I think you, if you had on your team, you drafted pretty highly. Um, but you were now already before this week, you're already afraid to start him, but it's going to get even worse from this week on is Devin Singletary. Uh, Buffalo, obviously. You stole my guy. <laughs> Zach ahead. Moss coming back this week um, healthy. First two weeks of the season, the first game of the season, they split the carries dead even with 9-9. Nine nine. Second week, I think it was 10-8, to eight, something like that. Uh, so... Clearly, they want to split the offense. Zach Moss being a rookie, you want to get him involved. Um, we see this all the time with rookie w- rookie running backs. You see it in, in L.A. Uh, with the Rams right now, and then we're going to see it now with Kansas City. Um, rookie running backs first. The veteran in there, you're going to just split carries, try to get him involved. You want to get the rookies involved while also getting the veterans who are established. They're, they're 
targets. Devin Singletary didn't look good at all. Ben and I think I've talked about this multiple times in text that Devin Singletary looked bad, even when he was the only running back option in that backfield. The Bills, even when they're up, aren't trusting him because they're throwing the ball still when they're up. They almost lost the game to the Rams because of that. They they didn't trust the running back core to to waste time and get the first downs that they needed to end the game. So they don't have much faith in Devin Singletary, it appears. Doesn't help when you now get a rookie coming back in that's going to split carries. For me, he went from a flex starter still because running backs are so highly valued, especially when they don't have a backup. I'd still was safe starting him. To now, I'm I'm worried about even starting him, which does help me this week because I am playing him against him in fantasy. So that's always nice. Yeah, I'm Tyler. I'm just going to go here quick because I have the same guy and I'm not going to try and pull a new one out of nowhere. Um, I had Devin Singletary as well for the, the same obvious reasons. Obviously, he has not been performing near where he needs to be. I mean, he's averaged well over 10 touches a game this year, and the production just hasn't been there, especially even the way the offense is operating. I think, you know, there's really no excuse for it. I was excited for Zach Moss coming to the season. Obviously, he was quiet in the beginning of the year and then the injury, but, you know, Devin Sickletary has one touchdown on the year. Just not something you're looking for out of your RB1 for your team, especially... I think it was two weeks ago, he had like near 20 touches and didn't even break 60 yards. So, I mean, just like you said, Rob, no efficiency. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but he's my guy as well. Um, obviously, we talked about this via tech. Surely is Clyde Edwards O'Leary, obviously, with the Le'Veon Bell signing, terrifying for Clyde owners such as myself. Um, don't talk too much about my guy, Ben. Okay. Never mind, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, who's going to be your running back descender for the rest of the season? Mine is going to be Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> thank you for thank you for interrupting me. Go ahead, share your yes. thoughts. Yes. Yes. All right. So he's a guy they've just been misutilizing like crazy in, in Kansas City. He only had ten rush attempts last game, and that's he had that earlier this season too, where he only had ten rush attempts. And both those games the offense struggled. So maybe they'll see that and correct it. But as of right now, it doesn't look like he's getting it. Those touches increase because Le'Veon Bell is coming to town and he's not going to help a struggling running back already. He might provide some relief for the rookie. I still think Clyde Edward Hilaire is going to be the main guy, but Le'Veon Bell is definitely going to be a pass-catching guy and more of a well-rounded guy that they can throw out there whenever. Uh, he's a very experienced guy and is hopefully can help out Clyde Edward Hilaire's future out quite a bit, but I think in the meantime, it is going to absolutely kill him. Le'Veon Bell is going to get his touches. Maybe you won't, you might not see it at first, the first couple of games that Le'Veon Bell's in while he's still learning the system. So if Clyde has a big game within like the next two, three weeks where Le'Veon Bell doesn't really touch the ball, I say trade him away because there's no way Casey doesn't find a way to get Le'Veon Bell involved just a little bit, even if it's kind of like a 1A, 1B kind of guy with Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Le'Veon Bell being the B. But. Not a good yeah. situation for Clyde already, and then you add Le'Veon Bell to the mix, so he's my descender. Okay, so as I said before the show, that'll be a loss of ten fab dollars for you. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> no, I agree. Obviously, you know I'm the Clyde owner in our league, and it sucks. I think, like you said, and I I echoed this earlier. You know, Le'Veon Bell is one of the best pass catching running backs that's ever come through the league. You know, I think it's going to devastate Clyde. In that regard, especially on third down, it's probably going to be Bell every time. I agree that Clyde's still going to be the number one guy, but I think, you know, on a positive note, you know, Bell's going to mentor Clyde. And um, 
you know, show him how to be the running back and that he can be. I know in our last show, I kind of made the same point that they only rushed him 10, 10 times last week against the worst rushing defense in the league. Now come into Buffalo this week, which is a slightly stronger defense. I, th- I still think Clyde has a good opportunity to go off. I think this is kind of like a statement week for him because Le'Veon Bell can't play this week. He has to do like COVID tests over a six-day span or whatever. So he obviously won't be there this week. Um, you assume they'll get some, get him in some packages for week seven. And then it's kind of unknown for Clyde at that point. Um, I still think he can be a first and second down back, but third down is going to be Bell. Hopefully the goal line touches, they'll look at Clyde sometimes, but I mean, he only has one rushing touchdown this year that came week one. Since then he's not scored a touchdown. Um, the receiving touchdown last week that got called back, of course. So it'll definitely be interesting to monitor that moving forward. Um, that's that. So Tyler, we'll come back to you for your wide receiver descender for the rest of the season. Ooh, is it cheating to say the Dallas wide receivers? Because I feel like I have to. That's that including I mean, so. Uh, yes, it's not cheating. That was my yeah. going to be my answer, so I'll allow it. <laughs> I, okay, right, but, I went a different direction, but you, I'll let you, Tyler, you can go ahead and... Yeah, I feel like I can just talk about them all this one because they're all taking a major hit with that gruesome Dak Prescott injury. Yeah. And prayers to Dak Prescott. He seems like a very uh, very positive guy, and he's already tweeting about how excited he is to come back and all this stuff. So I believe he'll be fine next year when it comes down to that. But as for the wide receivers right now, C.D. Lamb has been absolutely popping off. That's got to slow down a crazy amount with Andy Dalton. To me, Amari Cooper is still the number one wide receiver on that team. It didn't really look like it last game. It looked like Gallup and CeeDee Lamb were out-snapping him. But Andy Dalton is still a comparable backup QB. He was He's as good as they come, I think, for backup QBs. And he's not going to fill the role of Dak Prescott because nobody's going to throw for that many yards like Dak was. Just... That offensive line is good, though. Their wide receiver core is good. I'm excited to see Andy Dalton keep it together a little bit. There's not going to be enough volume for all three of those guys. They're definitely going to start looking Zeke's way more now with Prescott injured, but CeeDee Lamb's target share should go down. Michael Gallup's is going to go down. I can see Amari Cooper's going down. He's the guy that I'm watching the most right now is Amari Cooper, and just to see if Andy Dalton kind of relies on that one guy. And it, it could easily be that uh, Andy Dalton likes to throw to CeeDee Lamb some more, but he has produced some great years with A.J. Green, so I'm keeping an eye on Amari Cooper. He's It sucks because he was my ascender last week, and now he's my descender. So I had to flip the page on that, but altogether those wide receivers are taking a major hit without Dak, so they're my descenders. Yeah, I think without um, stealing any copyrights, that's worthy of a come on, man. Uh, um, Rob, obviously you went the same direction. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that or if you had a second guy. I I I didn't really have a second guy. I'm now scrolling because I want to get some backup plans, but I was just looking through all of them. I don't really see one that stands out as much as the Dallas offense. I will say that, yeah, I'll just say one thing on the Dallas offense. Andy Dalton's not the worst backup in the league to step in and come, like, especially for an offense that can just throw the ball around and has Zeke. Like, Andy Dalton's not the worst option that's ever stepped in. I, I mean, there's a, we've seen a lot of worse quarterbacks than Andy Dalton play this year. Um, so I wouldn't take it as, like, 
they're going to be awful. But Amari Cooper right now is like wide receiver six, and I don't mm-hmm. think he stays. Or he's eight now because he dropped off last week. But um, I just don't see him staying either. I don't see any Dallas receiver getting staying in that top ten receiver with Andy Dalton. That's the only reason I was going to put him as descenders. I don't think they're going to be awful because Andy Dalton still can throw the ball, but. Um, I just don't see them staying where they're at, like C.D. Lamb on this like huge rise, and then Amari Cooper being in the top ten. I just don't see either of those staying. So that's why I was going to yeah, pick don't, them. Don't drop them by any means necessary. They're still rosterable and close to 100% of leagues. So don't drop them. They might just move down until, from a wide receiver one to a wide receiver two. And if they're a two, then they'll move down to like a three or a flex. Mm-hmm. My guy here is going to be DJ Chark, and we've t- I feel like we've talked about him so many times. But, you know, he had the big game in Cincinnati week four with the two touchdowns, and then last week at Houston, three receptions, and then left the game with the ankle injury. I think this guy is just, like, injury-prone at this point. He's missed so much time this year. I drafted him and then traded him, like, week two, and, I mean, I'm super happy I did that. No digs at the person I traded him to. But I just think – you know, with the way Gardner Minshew's playing, obviously Leviska Chenault and Keelan Cole are there um, doing doing fairly well. Um, James Robinson is obviously, you know, the rookie looking great on the ground this year. I just think DJ Chark, he's like, what's he, wide receiver 32 or 33 or something right now. It's just, I, I just can't have faith in this guy anymore. And he's going to be my descender. I don't, there's not really much more I need to say because we have talked about him so much. Um, he's in a like two weeks ago when he came exactly. back from injury, but then, but then to get injured again is always tough. Yeah, he came back from injury, didn't play week three, came back week four, had got 30, 29 and a half fantasy points in full PPR, and then he got injured again. It's just like frustrating, um, and I don't even own him, so I'm just going to use that spot to, for him there. But going, we'll go right into tight ends. Rob, you can go first this time. Who's going to be your tight end um, descender for the rest of the year? Yeah, I this answer. But first off, I was just scrolling through the tight ends right here. Do you know they have um, Taysom Hill listed as a tight end in fantasy? It's interesting. He's listed as everything. Tight end, wide receiver. Is he? Is he? No matter where you go, running back. Like up. I just clicked on him. It says eligible as tight end. So maybe it's just eligible for any position. But that I was just funny. I was scrolling. Through, I was just scrolling through the other tight ends. But no, I had mine. Um, it's Hayden Hurst. Uh, you've already mentioned he's he's been lackluster the past I'm couple not, weeks, I'm, anyways. I'm perfectly fine with that. By the way, I'm not upset. But go <laughs> no, ahead. I know, I know, I know. But that was your guy, like early on. He and he look. It looked like that was a smart pick early on. I mean, Seattle had only three receptions, 38 yards, but that's not nothing big. But then came out with a big, strong game against Dallas, five catches, 72 yards, and touchdown. Then had the had the Mike Evans game with the one catch, one yard, one touchdown. <laughs> um, then Green Bay actually had a good week, but then Carolina, and it just looks like this offense. I think week two we said. Start every single person that you have on the Atlanta Falcons offense, which means three wide receivers, quarterback, and running back, and tight end. Now I'm I'm hesitant to start probably just Calvin Ridley. I mean, Julio Jones has to be a start just because of his talent, but he's been so on and off with injury. Offense doesn't really look good. They've started running the ball more because Todd Gurley's actually looked good, and Hayden Hurst just hasn't been as involved. Um, it's really just if they're throwing it, it's Calvin Ridley. Uh, they've had Russell Gage mix in, in the mix here and there um, when he's healthy. They just don't seem to be looking the tight end's way um, for Hayden Hurst, at least. this this He's position ranked 14, and I, I can't see him getting much better than that. I can only see him getting worse, um, dropping down into the, the high teens um, for position ranked as tight ends. There's just a lot of other tight ends I like a lot more than him. Um, yeah, and that a lot of, as they're 0-5, I don't know where they go from here. Um, do they flip it around? They fire the coach? Like, I don't know how, they, I don't know how you turn that around, essentially. Yeah. Um, I want to so. just... I want to just clarify. Did you say you're hesitant to start Calvin Ridley? 
No, no, no. He's the only one I'm not hesitant. Oh, to start. okay, okay. I was. Gonna, I said I mean, I'm. He- I'm. I went from. I went from start everyone to I'm hesitant to start everyone but Calvin Ridley. Okay, I, I assumed so. I just wanted to clarify. Yes, no. Calvin Ridley is still a stud. I was gonna say just because of pure volume. I mean, last yeah. week had eight receptions, 136 yards, no touchdown, but he still had over 20 fantasy points. No, yeah, so. he's he's the one that he like eats up all the receptions. He's like. I don't know. There's a bunch of wide receivers out there that do that. That they maybe don't have the big play any. Like even if the offense is struggling, they're still just going to eat up receptions. Yeah, and I think I had earlier in the show I had Todd Gurley as my ascender. I think the offense is on the rise. I don't think they can play worse than they have. I mean, Calvin Ridley had zero 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 stat line week four against Green Bay, and I mean it's not going to get any worse than that. Um, you know, especially with all the pressure there. Zero and five now. I mean, something's got to change, Matt. Uh, Matt Ryan's got to have a fire under him to get the offense cranking. And like I said, Calvin Ridley, Todd Gurley are the guys to, you know, and Julio obviously are the guys to get that going. I totally agree with you on Hurst, though. I was even higher on him in the, before the draft than I was on um, Johnny Smith. And, you know, it looked good the first couple of weeks. And then it's just, you know, fallen off the wagon since then. Um, I don't want to. Dancing to Tyler's mojo at all, though. Tyler, who's going to be your tight end descender for the rest of the season? Honorable mention with Dalton Schultz, but I you... will not go with him because I already talked about Dallas Pass. Okay, that's my guy, so I'll talk about that. <laughs> right, perfect. Perfect. So I'm going to go with a guy that's one of the top tight ends right now, Robert Tanyan. Okay. He had that monster game where he had three touchdowns, and he had another game where he had another fantastic day with 50 yards and a touchdown, but... So there's a lot of things that are factoring into this right now. Devontae Adams is coming back. That's going to absolutely kill that red zone targets. And I believe Alan Lazard will be back later in the year as well. So that's even less targets that are going to be going his way. But really, the two big fantasy days that he had, I know he had a touchdown in in week two as well, but I won't go into that. The two big games he had were against New Orleans and Atlanta, which are the worst at defending tight ends. He mm-hmm. had the three touchdowns games with Devontae Adams out. I thought Devontae Adams was going to play in that game and absolutely light up Atlanta, so I was disappointed about that. But he still only had six targets with Devontae Adams out, and nobody really did that much. No no one was the standout on that Green Bay offense for target share. So I think with Devontae Adams back, he's going to eat up those targets. Tanya's going to drop to around the five targets, below five targets a game, let's say. And the red zone targets are going to be absolutely killed because Devontae Adams is a great red zone threat. I believe Robert Tunyon may have a couple more games in him over the next few weeks. He plays Tampa Bay, Houston, Minnesota. So one of those could be a boom game, but he's not going to be a viable tight end for long. So if someone, for whatever reason, wants to trade for him, even though he's probably just picked up off of waivers, uh, definitely try and trade him away. And he is going to be my descender. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, especially given the guys who, you know, the other guys who've boomed this season when somebody else was out, like Chase Claypool comes to mind. Although I, we just found out that Deontay Johnson's not playing again this week, so Chase Claypool could be another flyer this week. But I, yeah, I agree. I just think, you know, obviously Devontae Adams is the number one target there. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is another good target of Aaron Rodgers, but he just hasn't been there for production-wise. Um, obviously, uh, excuse me, obviously, um, Tanya's not going to have another week like that again. You know, he might have his pop-off games here or there, depending on who they, who they play, like you said, but no, I think that's a fair assessment. My guy, as I kind of previewed is going to be Dalton Schultz. And you guys obviously talked about the, 
Dallas offense a lot. I wanted to talk about Dalton Schultz for a number of reasons. Obviously, you know, the prime reason being that Dak Prescott is out for the season. Again, we've talked about that a lot too, which is terrible. But his targets, Dalton Schultz's targets have gone down every week since week two. I mean, he had nine nine receptions week one, four, four, and then one reception last week against the Giants. Um Obviously, it's the game where Dak went out, but I just think, given the you know the three headed, the, well, the two headed monster three, if you include Michael Gallup, but Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, I just think those guys have been too good. And you know, like you said, and I'll echo the same argument. You know, Andy Dalton's not the worst quarterback to come in as a backup. I mean, he's obviously been in the league for quite some time. You know, left parted ways with the Bengals this year for. A number of reasons, which we don't have to dig into, but you know he's certainly better than a Brian Hoyer or a Jarrett Stidham coming in. Or there's just a lot worse options that they could have in the league. And I think Andy Dalton. I mean, where he was a starter for so long, he can kind of continue to move this offense forward. You know, not in the same capacity at all that Dak was. But I think you know it hurts Dalton Schultz, given you know his his production was going down before Dak went injured, uh, got injured, and now just with the way their offense is running, I just think he's going to be a, a fader here, so that's going to be my descender. Um, so that kind of wraps up that. Unless you guys have anything else you want to add, that kind of wraps up that portion. I'll um, set. Perfect. So now I kind of want to, you know, while we're on the subject, I want to talk about a couple of guys um, that we could consider – Dropping or sitting. This is just kind of, or excuse me, dropping or keeping. This is just gonna be kind of be a quick segment here, and you can give your, you'll each give your two cents on the guy. The first guy I'm going to talk about is, I lost my notes. Joshua Kelly. Um, obviously the, you know, with, um, you know, with the state that that offense is in, and. You know, Justin Jackson kind of being there as well. Tyler, I'll start with you first. How do you feel about him for the rest of the season? I am ready to drop Joshua Kelly, and that's just because Justin Jackson is – I think he's more talented. He's the guy. They wanted to give an early chance to Joshua Kelly because he's kind of that young guy, but Justin Jackson's more established with that offense, and I think he's going to be the main guy – or, well, shouldn't say the main guy, the the 1B to Austin Eckler's 1A when – when Eckler returns and Justin Jackson had over 20 touches last game. So that just tells me clearly that he's going to be the guy over Joshua Kelly. Yeah. Then Rob, what's your take on that? Yeah, I'm on board that obviously owning Eckler. I had to go get Justin Jackson when Eckler went down because Justin Jackson was coming back from injury. I thought this was going to be Joshua Kelly's backfield to run the ball. And then they were just going to use Justin Jackson as spot for like third down back um, and then pass catching. So I was already not too high on starting either, but I mean, to see Justin Jackson outrush Josh, Joshua Kelly as well, where 11 attempts versus 15 last week against New Orleans, that is what's really surprised me. I would, I am staying away from Joshua Kelly. Like he's the plague or something. I, there's no chance. There's no, not enough volume in that backfield um, without Eckler there to even risk starting both. And right now it just looks like it's Justin, Justin Jackson's backfield until Eckler comes back. So I have no interest in Joshua Kelly. Okay. Yeah. I, I pretty much reflect the same things as well. You know, I'm the one that picked him up and, you know, I had hopes for him. He looked good for a couple of weeks there. I want to try and spread these positions out a lot around. Geez, I can't talk. I want to try and spread these positions out a little bit, but I, there's another running back. I want to talk about Melvin Gordon, obviously um, some circumstances changing with him in the past week, you know, given his 
issue he had on Tuesday night. You know, Philip Lindsay is obviously going to be someone you want to roll out this week. But Rob, I'll go right back to you because Tyler went first. Melvin Gordon, what are you doing with him for the rest of the season? You got he's one you got to keep because I don't know how Philip Lindsay is going to come back. Obviously, Philip Lindsay had a really good year last year. Um, really, really good if you drafted him late later because he obviously fell a little bit last year. Um, but with Melvin Gordon coming in, I wasn't even too high on him anyways because I wasn't sure after sitting out for most of the year, um, holdout sort of situation um, in the last team we just talked about, the Chargers. Uh, I wasn't sure where Melvin Gordon was going to fit in. He's done really well, and I was actually, I think a few weeks ago, talking about ha- having him as like a, as an ascender for the rest of the year. But then, obviously, with Philip Lindsay coming back, Melvin Gordon sitting out, it's one of those situations where does Philip Lindsay come in out of nowhere and then like cement him as like what he was last year, and then Melvin Gordon really doesn't see the field as much. Um, so I'm holding on Melvin Gordon now. I'm not. I'm not just dropping him at like rushing to drop him, um, like I am Joshua Kelly as much. But I'm I'm still not confident because I think Philip Lindsay will take over as the lead back there. Um, but Melvin Gordon has tons of talent and has shown really well, especially with the struggling offense. You do have to factor in the fact that they haven't had their starting quarterback. Um, and as a running back, that usually stinks because your offense is bad and you're not getting as many touches. Um, but he's actually done really well with the the limited time on offense. So I'm not full out panic mode on melvin gordon but i'm not looking it's not looking good with philip Lindsay back yeah and then tyler what's your what's your take on that i'm definitely not dropping melvin gordon but i'm not gonna start him any higher than like a flex butter if you're desperate as a running back too i mean he's probably out this week i mean it says likely out for sunday but he didn't travel with the team so there's no way he's playing on sunday and we'll We'll get a good chance to see what Philip Lindsay produces when he plays New England. It's going to be tough sledding against New England, but see if he's getting the ball a ton. Just watch to see if he looks healthy and can make guys miss because that's that's the concern with Philip Lindsay coming back, and it's going to be a running back by committee when Philip Lindsay is back. So Melvin Gordon not droppable, but his value just takes a major hit, and at best for me, I would start him in a flex. Yeah, fair point. Last guy I want to talk about here is John Brown. Obviously, this offense has not looked great. Or excuse me, the offense has looked good, but he has not, given the inconsistency with the injuries. And then, obviously, Diggs is the top target here. Evan Ingram's kind of been hit or miss every week. Um, You know, he kind of started off the season well, a couple touchdowns, and then, like I said, inconsistency since then, then the game being moved. Tyler, I'll go right back to you. What are you doing with John Brown for the rest of the season? I am going to keep him on my roster, but I'm not going to start him until further notice. He's not getting a crazy amount of targets, and obviously he missed last game, and he's not fully healthy. He's banged up. So not a guy you can trust coming right off an injury anyways. He's not a guy I'd want to start uninjured. So when he does come back, just hold on to him. Uh, if you don't have an IR spot and you're looking for other guys, that would be the only case where I would drop him. But Stefan Diggs is clearly the guy. They're similar style receivers where they can catch those long, long touchdowns and whatnot. But John Brown's targets have just taken a major hit this year already, and now he's injured. So I'm, I'm he's taking my last bench spot, I think. And then Rob, obviously, this is you know you're you're the owner of his wide receiver who's playing fantastic this year, but it just doesn't seem to be there for John Brown. But what's your take on this player? Yeah, I don't know because I mean he he came out he came out strong. Obviously, ten mm-hmm. targets week one, six targets week two, but then dropped off to two targets and then five, 
it's just not a lot of targets. I mean, Cole Beasley is like, I thought John Brown would be the guy like third down, kind of long. They have to pass the ball. Stefan Diggs is going to take most of the coverage. He's going to find a spot like he's going to go out like the, the nine yards that they need for the first down and, and sit right on that first down spot and kind of and kind of work that first down. But Cole Beasley's kind of taking that. Cole Beasley's been fantastic. And that's the big issue is if Cole Beasley stays as fantastic, they start working in Isaiah McKenzie uh, a little bit more. He's gotten a few more touches as the weeks go on. Not a lot. But anything taking away from John Brown, who kind of needed the targets uh, to be in with, is not great. Josh Allen does spread the ball. There's a lot of passing to go around, but they have a lot of harder schedule than they had at the start of the year coming up. So the rest of the year is a lot harder schedule. So it's a fringe player at the start of the year when their schedule is pretty easy. I'm not trusting John Brown. I mean, Stefan Diggs is still going to be fine. Josh Allen should still be fine, but they can spread the ball around too much. And and Colby is just taking too much away from John Brown. Yeah, not to mention, um, well, I guess I already mentioned Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram, who I was d- debating in my ascenders and descenders because just like you have the wrong team for Evan Ingram. Oh, Did giant. You, yeah, what? you're. Right. I Dawson don't know Knox. Why. I was gonna say Dawson yeah, Knox. I don't know it's because <laughs> I'm look. I'm reading something else while you were talking. Um, so yeah, say it again. I said rude. Rude. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta be ready for the transition. I'm sorry. I guess I mean you probably cut that. Are we part. talking about Evan Ingram? No, we're not talking about Evan Ingram. Okay, good. Okay, I would have dropped him. him a couple weeks ago anyway. <laughs> Tyler hates him. Tyler hates him with a passion. So that's gonna be an axe and an axe right there. But anyway, so now I kind of want to go into our game previews for this week. Obviously, as we said earlier, the um, you know the schedule is looking like it's gonna stay pretty normal, which is a good thing. First game I want to talk about is the Texans going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Obviously, the Titans undefeated coming off their postponed game. They came back and looked fantastic, um, put up a ton of points, and the Texans also you know, are now starting to turn their season around. Um, just to point out a couple of guys, obviously we talked about David Johnson. You know, hasn't really looked like himself since that week one game, um, so there was some concern around him. And then Brandon Cooks had that fantastic week, but we listed him as a dud the rest of the season and studs and duds the other day. So, Rob, kind of break down this game and what you're thinking this is going to do. Yeah, so I would have thought this would have been a good game. Obviously, I have Will Fuller. I would have thought this would have been a good game for him, but the Titans' defense looked way better last week um, against, like we we just talked about the team, the Bills. Their, their offense looked way more explosive. Um, I did not think the Titans were going to be able to stop them. They were 4-0, but they it wasn't like a hard 4-0. They've, they've earned it, but like it wasn't like crazy. Um, then they play the Bills, or I guess they would have been 3-0, and, and they just beat them. They just went out and beat them, and the Titans have not looked good. I mean, the Texans have not looked good. Jeez, Texans, Titans, um, back and forth. But no, I, I, I think Derrick Henry's going to be fine. Uh, but I'm I'm nervous. I have to start Will Fuller just based on bye weeks and injuries. But I'm very nervous that the Titan the Texans offense will look bad against the Titans um, after obviously having a very good week against Jacksonville the week before. But I'm um, I'm very nervous on starting any of the Texans right now, including Brandon Cooks, who I know a lot of people picked up because of his last couple weeks. Tyler, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that. I I'll just support Rob here. I don't feel good about starting Texans, even David Johnson. I know he's definitely like a flex play that you can just roll out every single week, but no, no confidence. Uh, Deshaun Watson should, should be decent. I guess that's it for Texans that I feel comfortable with starting. 
Yeah, I agree. Next game is the Ravens at the Eagles. Um, this is an interesting game because, you know, both of these offense, you know, while the Ravens have Lamar Jackson, who's kind of getting back into his form, the Eagles offenses obviously look terrible. Um, you know, Zach Ertz is not dependent at all, not reliable. Um, Miles Sanders back from injury, you know, looked really good last week. And then we'll have Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson coming back. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles perform this week against, you know, the Ravens obviously have a good defense. So Tyler, I'll I'll start with you this time. What do you think this game's going to look like? And I mean, is, is Lamar going to continue, you know, getting back to his form and kind of dominating everyone they play? I mean, to me, this is the Ravens are the heavy favor in this game. They're going to win the game, no doubt about it. That might hurt Lamar Jackson's value a little bit. And I'm I'm not quite sure that uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are going to be back for this game. I think Alshon Jeffrey is, but Deshaun Jackson's questionable, I think, is where it's at. But go ahead. Uh, I I see Alshon listed as out as well with Deshaun Jackson. They were just ruled out. Okay. I think late last night. So. Travis Fulgham is a guy I'm excited about. I'm going to have a little player prop for him at the end of the episode. But Carson Wentz just finds a way to score points, I guess. I don't really know how they do it. They don't look that great doing it. But the Ravens, the Ravens offense, I'm watching Lamar Jackson. I don't think it's going to be a big game for him. But, I mean, he's obviously, he's if you draft him, he's your QB one. He's the most talented QB in the NFL as far as fantasy, we should say, because he's a great running QB, but he hasn't been getting as many uh, rushing attempts, not nearly as many as he did last year. So down on him a bit this year, which is why you should never draft QBs early. And mm-hmm. on then on the other side of the ball, I'm really excited for Travis Fulgham. And I actually have him lauded in in a couple of leagues at a flex position because I am banged up. Rob, I don't know what input you want to add to this game here. No, uh, I'm. I mean, the only hit I could see here is that the Eagles, when they've been bad offensively, have kind of relied on Miles Sanders to take off some of the pressure. Um, since he's come back healthy. However, obviously facing the Baltimore Ravens, are the fifth-ranked rushing defense, but they have a they they're not an incredible defense passing-wise. They're 18th ranked, middle of the table sort of thing, late middle of the table. Um, in the NFL, so if Carson Wentz is going to have a good game, this has to be it because they're not going to be able to run the ball to get him out of tough situations. That defense is just way too good at stopping the run. Um, so maybe that, that piggybacks on Tyler's, uh, love of Travis Fulgham this week, <laughs> because I, th- I think it, I think it has to be, I, there's, there's no way the Eagles come out of this game, um, with even a chance to win if, if Carson Wentz and Fulgham aren't hooking up for a lot of yards. Um, and then I don't know if the Eagles, the Eagles might be motivated by seeing the fact that the division stinks there are, they were in first place with, uh, because of a tie, um, and now they see Dak go down. This def- this division is theirs to lose at this point with Dak going down. So I don't know if that motivates them in any way. They've been horrible, but they still have a chance to win the division. Um, they have to take advantage of a game like this, even if it's against like a very good Ravens team. Yeah, I think that's fair analysis. And um, I, I agree with what you said about Carson Wentz and their offense as well. I just think... You know, it's going to be tough sailing for Miles Sanders on the ground as much as I need him to do well. I think he's kind of like the high point of their offense right now just because of the the arsenal that Carson Wentz has and the way he's been playing. But I don't want to beat that to a pulp too bad. Next game is the Falcons at the Vikings. And obviously we already talked about the Falcons offense a lot and what that's going to look like. I think this game could be another shootout. I feel like we say that every week with the Falcons. Um, but obviously, you know, Kirk Cousins is playing 
you know, well enough to be a streaming option in fantasy. You know, he's taking care of Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson's having his shots here or there. And I obviously talked about Irv Smith. Um, you know, just given, I don't, I don't think there's too much we need to say about this game. Tyler, I don't know if you have anything you want to add just because we talked about the Falcons a lot already, but I'll let you. Yeah, just, just with Julio Jones coming back, I'm excited to see him play again and see if he looks even remotely healthy, but yeah, should be a high scoring game. I'm firing up plenty of guys that are in this game. Alexander Madison stepping in for Dalvin cook. Who's officially yeah, out, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So I'm excited to see if he steps in like he did last week and continues. Yeah, definitely has top five upside, especially against this uh, defense. Uh, next game I want to talk about is the Browns at the Steelers. And I think obviously the, you know, one of the main stories here is, you know, still no Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt's lead in the backfield with, Dernis Johnson behind him. You know, Steelers have been, you know, pretty much the best running defense this week. Although last week they did surrender a couple touchdowns to Miles Sanders. You know, one of them was a, the 70 yard grab. Um, I think, you know, Odell continues to be a starting option. And, you know, I still haven't changed my tune about Jarvis Landry. You know, I just don't think he's sustainable every week. On the Steelers, Deontay Johnson's out again. So, you know, obviously Juju's number one. And then, you know, Chase Claypool's up there. Um, but, Rob, I don't. what do you think about Kareem Hunt going against this defense and then how the wide receivers for the Steelers are going to shake out? Yeah, Kareem Hunt, I'm not looking forward to as Pittsburgh ranks number two against the run this year. And Cleveland yeah. ranks number four. So this this could be a very slow-paced game because I think there's going to be a lot of passing. So obviously, usually the the more running, the, the faster pace the game. So this could be a high-scoring game as well because I think it's going to be pretty slow with a lot of passing because I don't think either team against a top-five run defense is going to be able to get anything going on the ground. Connor hasn't looked amazing anyways, so I don't think he's going to get going. Hunt, obviously, stepping in for Chubb. And Deer, well, and Deer Johnson's there too. I don't think they're going to get anything going. So look, I, if there was a Jarvis Landry game, I know you just said that you're not very high on him. This has to be the game yeah. um, because they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Uh, Odell should get his touches anyways. Um, but no, I think this could be another big Chase Claypool game as well. I I love Juju Smith-Schuster and stuff, but Chase Claypool with Deontay Johnson out could step up and be uh, huge again. Um, so just look at it. I, I really like the wide receivers right now. I, I, I wouldn't be afraid to start any of... Um, like those two, I guess. I, I don't think you're going as far as starting James Washington, but um, for Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm starting both because the Browns' defense is not very good against the pass, but very good against the run. Yeah, that's fair, and I think I, was, I mean that's pretty much spot on to my analysis as well. Um, next game is the Bengals at the Colts. Uh, Bengals going to Indianapolis. Obviously, Joe Burrow last week had a quieter week than we're used to. He broke his streak of three weeks in a row throwing for over 300 yards joe mixon another quiet week after the big week i feel like this could be another week for him to perform well and you know instill confidence in his fantasy managers for the colts we obviously already talked about jonathan taylor um and you know darius slayton's probably someone you want to roll out this week you know philip rivers hasn't been great by any means but i think just against this defense um he can play. He can. You know, he can have a good game. But Tyler, I'll let you kind of break. Did you that say game. Darius Slayton, as in the New York Giants? Darius Slayton. Is that what I said? That's not what I meant to say. I, I, I heard Darius Slayton. Maybe I'm crazy. But who who was the guy you were talking about? Uh, well, I was talking about Joe Mixon, um, and then Philip Rivers, and you know how he hasn't really looked good. But you can kind of break down this game for us. Yeah. So I think 
The Colts are a very good defense. The Colts are the heavy favorites here again. They're favored by seven and a half points. They should easily take this game. It's going to be a great test for Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon. And I guess Tyler Boyd as well. But Joe Burrow, I'm definitely, he's not in a startable position after he had a bad week last week. I think this Colts defense is going to be one of the best in the league. Um, I'm hoping to see a good game out of Joe Mixon because if Joe Mixon can survive this game, a game where they should be down most of the game, he survives with yards and gets a touchdown then i think he's pretty safe for the rest of the year i'm still i'm still kind of trying to trade him away i'm hoping he has one more big week before before i trade him personally but a get right game for jonathan taylor for me i know i had him as an ascender so if he can get a little more touches he should be able to absolutely destroy this Bengals defense and should have a monster game this week the wide receivers, I think I'm benching all of them in this game. That includes both teams for T.Y. Hilton and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I was going to mention T.Y. Hilton next, and I, he, he's what I meant to say before. If I didn't say that, I apologize. But I think this could be the week where he really, you know, if there's a week for him to, I don't even want to say a breakout, but like get right, I think it's this week. Um, again, like I said, Phillip Rivers hasn't been playing well, but I just think they can exploit this matchup. Um for me, I just think Joe Burrow has been playing too well to bench Tyler Boyd. Um, but I, I mean, I certainly understand where you're coming from, Rob. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to this conversation. Yeah, just the fact that I'm kind of echoing it as well. The uh, it's, the Colts defense is the best defense in the league. They're the number one pass defense and the number three run defense. So they are just the best defense in the league. I mean, I would be afraid of certain Joe Burrow. It's kind of stinks because we talked about T. Higgins a lot stepping out as well. I'm afraid um, he might take a step back this weekend. It might cause panic um, there. Um, but no, I I think this this has to be a Jonathan Taylor game. This just has to be has to be the Cincinnati Bengals defense, as bad as it's been, has not been that bad against the pass. I think they're top ten against the pass, so it has to be Jonathan Taylor eating eating all game. <laughs> I hope and I hope he does. I just I I, I want to see the rookie um do well um pay off if you drafted him like a round earlier or something like that. I'm kind of like what he did in our league a little bit around earlier than we thought, just because we're all high on the rookies this year. Definitely, and I think it's even more crucial this year with all the depth we need. Um, next game is the Lions at the Jaguars. Obviously, you know, there's a couple. I almost had Marvin Jones as part of my discussion earlier with the drop and keep because obviously, you know, Kenny Galladay and TJ Hawkinson are taking a lot of the production, although Hawkinson's kind of been hit or miss. Um, I think this could be a good game for him this week against the Jaguars defense. You know, flip to the Jaguars side. Obviously, James Robinson, someone you want to start again. DJ Chark, we talked about earlier. Um, so obviously, that leaves Lavisca Chenault and Keelan Cole. Rob, I'll kind of let you go first on this game. Yeah, I, I, I obviously like Jaguars because I like Gardner Minshew. Um, James Robinson's been fantastic. Um, but between the two, uh, pa- uh, the pass catchers and Keelan Cole um, and Lavisca Chenault. Uh, Lavisca Chenault is actually the best, technically the best fantasy wide receiver. Um, on this team because DJ Shark's injuries. Um, but with him back, it's gonna be spread out a bit. Giants, uh, the Giants. Jesus, we we like. I think we just want to talk about the Giants. I know. <laughs> we keep bringing up Giants players. Uh, and then I just said the Giants. But no, the Lions defense is actually not too bad against the pass. So there's they're already a, a good pass defense. Um, so I'm not really high on the Jaguars wide receivers. The Lions defense overall is not good enough to stop the entire offense of the Jaguars. So. I'm still kind of. St- I think I'm starting Gardner Minshew in a league. I actually am in my other league um, over um, some other players. So I'm I'm not too afraid the uh, the Jaguars will take a step back against the Lions. 
but I'm not confident in starting any of the three wide receivers because I, I just don't know how they're going to shake out. Uh, LaVisca Chenault's a rookie. Keown Cole and DJ Chark are still pretty young. Gardner Minshew's a young quarterback. Hasn't found like his favorite yet. So I'm I'm very nervous on any of the wide receivers, but still think the offense will have a productive day. So if you do, if you are forced to start one, you only have one in your team. I'm I'll throw one in the flex spot just because the Lions aren't very good. Um, but I'm not confident in that decision. Yeah, I I agree with you as well. And I I don't Tyler, I don't know if you have anything you want to add before I kind of say the rest yeah. of my. But go ahead. Yeah, I'll just say James Robinson basically emerged already as an every week starter this is a good matchup for him so i'm firing him up but a guy that i'm keeping an eye on is adrian peterson Mm -hmm. if he performs well this game he kind of moves up into that tier of running backs with all this with all these covid cancellations all the injuries he'll he'll probably if he has a good game here gets maybe 20 touches then he can move into an rb2 i don't know i don't think he will get the 20 touches this game but if you were going to start adrian peterson this would be a good matchup to start him in no, that's fair. I was actually kind of going to echo that and, you know, talk about DeAndre Swift, who's not really existing, which is sad because he was kind of like a promising rookie coming into the season. I want to kind of transition into the Bears at the Panthers game. This game, I think, would be a good game for a number of reasons. You know, obviously, Allen Robinson and Nick Foles are pairing up pretty well together, um, you know, just purely based off volume. Allen Robinson's obviously a wide receiver, one you're starting every week. Outside of that, you know, obviously Anthony Miller, I was also going to talk about as my wide receiver descender. You know, he's had a good start to the season and it's just kind of fallen off since then. Obviously, Robinson's a clear cut number one, but it seems like Daryl Mooney's kind of more taking that wide receiver two spot every week and Miller's kind of falling off. And then for the Panthers, obviously, uh, CMC was eligible to return this week. That's obviously not happening. So we'll have another week of Mike Davis. Um, you know, the Bears' run defense has been fairly stout this year, I think. You know, obviously we talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, Robbie Anderson and Tyler had him as his riser or his ascender this week. Um, Tyler, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you break down this game. Yeah, there's there's a lot of fantasy players that are going to be involved here with on both sides. You got guys you might be starting on Chicago, David Montgomery, Allen Robinson. You should be starting them. And then Jimmy Graham as well. Mm-hmm. Just kind of. I want to see what both these teams are made of. I think both of them have overperformed up until this point. So I kind of don't know which way this game's going to go. It's a good test for the Bears' defense, but it's also a good test for Carolina's offense. Uh, game I'm keeping an eye on. I'm not shying away from starting any any of the guys on either teams in Carolina. You had already touched Mike Davis, Robbie Anderson, and even DJ Moore. i definitely start everybody involved in this game because it's you don't know. I don't have a good feeling for exactly what's going to happen, but there should at least be a decent amount of points scored. Yeah, that's fair. I agree with you. Um, Rob, I assume you do as well. I don't know if you have anything you want to add. No, I think this is this is where you, if you are a CMC owner and you're the one that got Mike Davis, like our league, um, you're happy. But if you happen to just get Mike Davis when CMC went down because you outbid the CMC owner, this is your like get the last bit of fantasy points out of him because the Bears' defense – as good as they are on paper, they're not very good against the rush. Um, so Mike Davis should be able to do really well. I am a little bit afraid of um, Robbie Anderson this week taking a step back because I don't know how Bridgewater is going to break down. The Bears just like to play a really scrappy close game. It does. They play down to the competition. They play up to the competition. It doesn't matter how bad or good the team they're playing against is. They just want a scrappy close game. Uh, so I, I really like the running backs in here. And this has to be a David Montgomery game. Um, if, if not, then are you going to see him on my descender next week? 
Yeah, I totally agree <laughs> with that. Um, next game is the football team at the Giants. Rob, we can finally talk about the Giants, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to for so long, and I have nothing to say about them. So nope. gross. Um, no, I want to talk about them. Well, I mean, yeah, this whole this game as a whole, I feel like we could brush by pretty quickly. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins is not playing again this week. You know, Hurts, Terry's value, and then on the ground, Antonio Gibson. It's just scary in Washington, scary in New York. Um, you know, Darius Layton's, again, probably someone you're going to want to start just because of volume and, you know, the assets on that offense. You know, Devonta Freeman looked decent last week for coming in the offense only a couple weeks after signing. Um, I really don't have much more to add to this game. I don't know if either of you do. I'll take over. It's for all these players, Gibson, McLaurin, Slate, and Freeman. You can start them this game just because yeah. they're good matchups. Before you say that, Washington is a top seven pass defense. Sneaky top seven pass defense Washington is. So I'd be a little afraid of Slade, but I mean, I think this game's gonna get ugly quickly. And I think I, th- yeah. I think this is one of those games that on paper you have none of these players on your fantasy team because they're bad teams, but when they play each other, they happen to all go off at the same time. So I could I can agree with that, but Washington is a sneaky pass defense team. Um but, but no, I have outside, to start Terry due to injuries and I'm not excited about it. I'm not looking Yeah, outside those four guys, there's nobody even worth mentioning to me that could even get involved. No. Daniel Jones is still the lead rusher for the New York football giants. Daniel Jones is still has the most yards. on that team. So yeah, but he only has two passing touchdowns and five interceptions. <laughs> so he's terrible. Yes. No, I'm not saying he's good. I'm just saying that's how bad that running core is that he is the leading rusher still in week six. Yeah. I could see this game ending like seven to five because the giants will just get a <laughs> safety or something. Seven to um, five or forty to thirty-seven. I, there's no in between. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, next game, obviously our hometown game, Broncos of the Patriots, which was questionable for a little while, but it seems as of right now, anyway, that the game will be played. Um, Melvin Gordon, we kind of already talked about, who's I believe out this week officially, so that'll leave Philip Lindsay. Obviously, no one likes coming and running against a Patriots defense. You know, even despite the pieces we're missing this week. Um, I just feel like, you know, Philip Lindsay's coming off of a very small role and, you know, Melvin Gordon was the guy, but now that's kind of, kind of like a changing of the guard there in, um, in Denver for the Patriots. Obviously Damian Harris is kind of the guy to look at this week. Um, you know, should have Cam Newton back. It seems like I've been trying to follow that, but I haven't seen the latest on him yet. Um, terrified if Jared Stidham has to start, but it doesn't look like that'll be the case. Um, Rob, kind of walk us through this game. Yeah, I think I think this is the return of the QB game. Um, neither team has looked incredible offensively since both their QBs have gone down. Talk about Drew Locke and Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Looks like Cam Newton. I, I see something here that's like a video saying with Cam back, can Patriots win? So it looks like he's going to be back. So that's good. Drew Locke is back. So no more Jeff Driscoll. Um, so that means Noah Fant, um, Jerry Judy, going to look a lot better. Um, Patriots defense is very good. So I'm still not. I, and it is Drew Locke's first game back. I'm not very excited about either of that. Um, just against the Patriots defense, I'm a little scared. Maybe a little biased. I don't know. But Damian Harris could have a good game here, and I think that I think you already mentioned it, so I'm not gonna go too much further. But I think he's the ones to watch from a fantasy perspective this week. And I know Tyler's excited because he picked him up in every single league that exists. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, and it's all right to take a little dig at Tyler there. We all love to do that. Hey, if it, <laughs> it, it might work out this week. It, it'll work out this week. 
Next game, we'll talk about the divisional matchup, Jets at the Dolphins. Um, Jets offense, we've talked about – well, I guess we've talked about every team every week, but just it's just a scary scene. Um, Joe Flacco, I don't know if is Sam Darnold coming back this week or if we'll have Joe Flacco again. Um, Le'Veon Bell's gone. Obviously, that was big news this week, so that kind of left like Frank Gore in front of the – at the top of the depth chart there for the Dolphins. Most exciting running back of all time. Fire him up. <laughs> and then um, for the Dolphins, obviously, you know, the Beard having a fairly good season. You know, they put up a huge amount of points last week, which I was super surprised about. You know, I think this game, they'll do it again just because they're playing the Jets. Um, I never really have much to say about the Jets or any of these teams because it's we're... what Frank Gore does as being like the lead guy there. Yeah, I mean their other I'm option excited. is what Lamichael Perrine. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm excited for Jameson Crowder on the Jets, and that's, that's just, it. I'm, I'm trying to find a way to start him if you have him on your roster, but yeah, I was I just go out of my way. To start probably him. I would. Yeah, he's like the only person on this team you remotely trust. Um, I just don't see starting Frank or even against the Dolphins. Um, obviously Lamichael Perrine are not starting. Just want to give this offense a couple of weeks to see how it shakes out with on Bell. Maybe they add an asset. Who knows? Um, I haven't heard anything about that yet, but I guess we'll see. Next game, we'll head down to Tampa. Um, the Packers coming to town. Tampa offense, again, we kind of talked about. Super interesting. Chris Godwin coming back this week. Mike Evans battling, playing through the injuries the past couple of weeks. Um, Gronk as well, you know. A little more involved, but still not what we were expecting to see out of him. And then on the Packers side, obviously, Aaron Jones continuing his strong season. Um, Devontae is back. Robert Tunyon, we already talked about. Um, Tyler, I feel like you have more implication in this game, so I want to see what you have to say about this. Yeah, I'm very excited for the return of Devontae Adams. I mean, Green Bay still has the big boys. They have Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and I and Aaron Rodgers, those guys you're starting, I think, in any matchup. And this Tampa Bay defense has looked good so far. Uh, a guy that I'm keeping an eye on this game is Ronald Jones, since Leonard Fournette did nothing last game. If Ronald Jones is the main guy, then he's probably going to be the main guy the rest of the year because this is like a must-win game for Tampa Bay right now. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers is going to be an awesome game. There should be plenty of points to be had. Green Bay's defense isn't that good. But their offense is also unstoppable, and Devonta Adams was frustrated last week after he didn't get to play. They clearly didn't need him, but with his return, I'm very excited for it. This might, this isn't going to be a crazy good game for Devonta Adams. They might ease him back in, but rest of the season, Devonta Adams should be a monster. Yeah, I I agree with you. I had a thought. I had. You said something about, I think, Devontae Adams, and I had something I was going to say, and then I forgot what it was. But, Rob, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to this game. Nothing fantasy-wise, but I know we got we have two Monday night games this week because of the moving around of the Bills' Chief game. Um, but how are we only have two 4 o'clock games and, like, 14 1 o'clock games? I know we start, we're starting to get bye weeks in, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I don't like that scheduling. And one of the 4 o'clock games is the Jets and the Dolphins. So we literally only have one <laughs> yeah, game to watch. Sucks. We have one game to watch. It's the Packers-Buccaneers. So I really hope this is a good game. So even if I'm playing people fantasy-wise, I want this just to be a high-scoring game. So nothing really fantasy-wise, but I just I just was looking at the scheduling just for the first time. I, I noticed that we only have two games, and one of them is 
a Thursday night specialty. Um, so yeah, not excited about the NFL in that one, but they're yeah. doing the best with COVID. So <laughs> we'll talk about my, uh, excuse me, Sunday night football. Now, uh, Rams at the 49ers. I think this game's going to be a run over. Honestly, I think the Rams are just going to clean house, even though it's in San Francisco, obviously their defense is decimated or not decimated, but it's severely hurting. Um, Obviously, I've echoed this week after week, but no Nick Bosa, no Solomon Thomas. And last week, they just got absolutely destroyed. Um, got me negative four points in fantasy. For the Rams, I think um, I think they're just going to have their way, especially the defense, who's looking really good on the pass. The pass defense this year, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he's going to be back, but it's just – I just don't think – Do they want him back? <laughs> I, well, I think he's going to start this week. Um but that doesn't mean he'll make it through the whole game. I I just think the Rams, you know, despite all the things we said about the backfield and how mixed up it is, I still think Daryl Henderson's the guy. Um, you know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, obviously, you know, Cooper Cup gets more volume, but either of them could get a touchdown. I just think, for me at least, my opinion, this the Rams are just going to run them over and move on to week seven. But I don't know if either of you disagrees with me or wants to add anything. No, I, I I think you're right here. Not a the Rams should win this game pretty easily. Um, mm-hmm. 49ers are wicked banged up, but I'm not that excited about anybody fantasy wise. It's bad matchups for both teams. Yeah, I and said earlier Francisco, that I was excited. Oh, sorry, you can continue. Sorry, if if San Francisco saves their season, it would be this game. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I said earlier about Debo. Um, when I was talking about him as an ascender, I don't think this is a game. I, I said the Rams offense, this is one of those situations where you watch the game, your eyes say something different than the stats. Mm-hmm. I didn't think the Rams defense looked that good against the pass. Cause I, I saw, I saw just like a lot of free touchdowns that they, they were given away, but they are the second ranked pass defense. So yep. again, that kind of just goes with what you had already said. They are a good pass defense. So this is going to be most, most came back last week, obviously from injury. Um, so I expect him to have another decent week. If they, if they, if there's any chance for the 49ers to be good, he has to have another decent week. Uh, look for Kittle to get more involved than he did last week, more of two weeks ago when he came back from injury. Um, but yeah, no, it really just depends on who's at playing quarterback right now for the 49ers. But either way, I have no disagreements that the Rams should just stomp this game. Yeah, I think that's pretty straight cut forward. Next game, Monday afternoon game, originally Thursday night football, obviously moved because the Bills played. The Titans on Tuesday last week, which is a nice surprise. The game was a surprise, though. I mean, the Titans completely ran them over coming off a week off. Or what was two weeks on? It was like two weeks, 16 days. Yeah, they only had like two practices in two weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, surprising out of the Titans. Obviously, they looked great. But this game, obviously, you know, two AFC powerhouses this year, the Chiefs and the Bills. The Chiefs will be going to Buffalo. I think I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be well. First of all, I like that it starts at five o'clock. Um, that I don't have to wait till eight fifteen to watch football. Secondly, I just think it's going to be a great game. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. No, um, no Sammy Watkins this week. So McCole Hardman's definitely somebody to watch, and I'm starting him this week in any anywhere that I have him. Um, just again because it's Patrick Mahomes and Sammy Watkins. <laughs> Is out. Obviously, you're going to roll out Tyreek Hill. I think that Clyde can have a good week. Like I said earlier in the show, I think he's going to have a you know prove it week this week, um, especially with you know Le'Veon Bell breathing down his neck. I pretty much starting next week. I would assume they'll have some packages involving Le'Veon Bell for Week Seven. For the Bills, obviously Josh Allen's Josh Allen. You know the Chiefs' defense has been. 
hit or miss depending on the week. You know, I think him and Diggs are going to continue to light it up. Um, on the ground, obviously, we talked about the options there, but Tyler, kind of give us a breakdown for this game. So this this is a game that I'm very excited about. Two four and one yeah. teams for actual football. I'm excited. Not as excited fantasy wise. Ah. Uh, Really good test for both teams. Both QB should be awesome in this game. It should be a relatively high-scoring game. My main concern here is the running backs for both teams, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire Edwards and Devin Singletary. I don't think either of them are going to be hyper-involved in this game because there should be a lot of open-run passing ball. doesn't matter how good Buffalo's defense is. The Chiefs are just going to come out slinging the ball. Mm-hmm. And now Josh Allen has shown this year that he can keep up with that style of offense and throw that – Throw that kind of uh, firepower out there. I mean, his Josh Allen's arm is way stronger than Patrick Mahomes is, so think yeah. about that. And I, it's a four point spread right now. I think the Chiefs are definitely going to win this game because I think they can absolutely pour on the points. And just Buffalo isn't quite handled or isn't isn't quite built to handle this kind of style offense. I wouldn't go as far as feeling comfortable to start a guy like Miko Hardman. Uh, okay. I think if you're desperate in our eight man league, I don't know how you would be starting Miko Hardman. Maybe I can yeah. see it in a twelve man flex, but it should just be a big game for all the big boys and for both teams, as in Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs and then Mahomes to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Those are the guys that I'm just. I think it's a good matchup for those guys, but outside of that, it's not super exciting. No, I think you make a fair point on Miko Hardman, and I mean. You know, like we said when we started the show, we're going to try and do the analysis based off like 10, 12 man leagues. So that's kind of the angle I was taking there. Okay. Um, but no, definitely a fair analysis either way. I could see, I, you know, I certainly wouldn't down you for not starting him. I just think he's someone you could certainly use as a flyer this week. Um, Rob, I'll, I'll give you a chance to chime in on this game unless you're all set. No, I guess for a bounce back uh, week for Josh Allen and the Bills. Um, obviously that that affects me, but I think just just from like an AFC standpoint, it'll be fun if they bounce back and actually put up a ga- good game against what looks to be the favorite in the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Last game we'll talk about it's Monday Night Football: the Cardinals at the Cowboys. Obviously, we talked about the Cowboys' offense a lot. Um, I think this is going to be a big week for Zeke. You know, the Cardinals off, or excuse me, the Cardinals' defense and been anything super special against the run. So, you know, we talk, I think, I think Kyler Murray is going to have a really good week this week, probably top three uh, quarterback for the week. You know, I think him and DeAndre Hopkins are just going to go off. Kind of talked about this on our show earlier in the week, naming option this week as well. Um, but I mean, outside of that, I'm not really going to start anyone else in this game. I think it'll be interesting to see how Andy Dalton factors in and what he does with the offense. Um, I don't know who I have in this game winning. Um, I want to say the Cowboys just because I think Zeke's going to take over and you know run this game. I think it's going to be a huge week for him, and then I don't say that biased. Um, I just that's what I think based off my analysis. And then you know again for the Cardinals, I think we could see a big dose of Chase Edmonds this week just because of the way the Cowboys' defense is. Um, I do. I still think that Chase Edmonds overtakes Kenyon Drake at some point this season. I don't think it's this week necessarily. I'm not expecting it for the next few weeks, but I think unless Kenyon Drake looks fantastic this week, I think that change of power is going to happen in that offense. Um, Rob, I'll let you go first on this game. 
Noah Fant just became out all of a sudden, so I've had him as a riser, and he's now officially injured this week. So good for the Patriots, I guess, but bad for me fantasy-wise. Yeah. Um, sorry, it literally popped up as you were talking, so no, just, ofi- just officially became out. Love that for us. But no, I think high, sco- high, high scoring. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys, I, like I said, we, we said they're not going to slow down too much to Andy Dalton. They're going to slow down, but it's not going to be too much. Yeah. Um, pray for Kenyon Drake. I don't know. <laughs> That's about it. I mean, I think it's going to be high score. I don't think, it, I don't think either team's going to slow down here. I don't think this is the game to really slow down for even the, the Cowboys after taking such a big hit. Mm-hmm. Just see how much Andy Dalton knows, knows the offense, I guess. This would be a test for him, but I, I don't see it being bad for either team right now. Yeah, and then Tyler, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to this game. Yeah, if you've been starting guys like C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup every week, then there's no reason to stop this week. You got to see what Andy Dalton can do with this team. So I'd start him this week and then just kind of see how it goes from there. That's fair. I think, yeah, I like that. And I think, again, I agree it'll be high scoring. I think it'll be a big week on the ground for the Cowboys and could be for the Cardinals as well, depending on performance and game script. Um, but that'll kind of wrap up this portion of our show. As we always do on our second show of the week, I'm going to turn it over to Tyler here and let him do his bit. Aye, aye, Captain. We are due. We had a <laughs> tough week last week. We did good the week before, so if you've been following, we're, we're all right. Uh, fortunately for me, I kind of Screwed you guys over. I also lost money with it, though, because of my parlay that I tweeted out. I had the Chiefs in that. So I took that parlay, but I also had the same exact parlay without the Chiefs in it because I thought Mahomes is going to have COVID, and I just put all my money in eventually. So I survived. I got money in the bank. It's a good thing nobody's listening to these picks because you should pay me. But anyways, lot. here we are. I feel I feel great. What, what were you going to say, Ben? I just said there's a lot of people listening to them, actually. Oh, all right, all right. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it all back this week because I feel fantastic about it. So I have one pick for us this week. It's the Kansas City Chiefs minus four against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills looked very shaky last week, and that was their first real test against the Tennessee Titans. They're not, as we spoke to about the Monday night game, they're not going to be able to handle the Chiefs offense. The Chiefs are just a more experienced team for this kind of matchup. I think they're taking it by at least four. I wouldn't be shocked if the cheats, if sorry, if the Chiefs become <laughs> cheats too, because you know, biased Pats fans. But the Chiefs, they're built to destroy the Buffalo Bills. I wouldn't be shocked if they win the game by like fifteen or more. Buffalo's a good team, a very good team, but they're not well equipped to handle this game early in the season. All right, so my next pick, we're doing a three-team parlay of all heavy favorites again. We're doing the Colts money line. They're playing the Bengals. I think that defense is going to be way too much for Joe Burrow to handle. Jonathan Taylor should have a big game. Colts should take this one easily. Then I got the Pats against the Broncos. Pats money line. Pats should absolutely destroy the Broncos with Cam Newton back. Pats are better in literally every form of offense and defense compared to the Broncos. I, I would give the Broncos the edge in tight ends, and that's about it. Maybe even D-line as well, but I think the Pats play as an absolute unit together on defense. And uh, this is another game I could see the Pats winning by 17. I don't see the Broncos putting up any points in this game. And then the last pick in the parlay is the Ravens' money line. The Ravens just, they're fantastic when they play bad teams. They're playing the Eagles this week. 
the Eagles, I wouldn't say, are a bad team, but they're not a good team. Carson Wentz is going to be able to save them, and we really haven't seen anything out of Lamar Jackson this year. He really hasn't unleashed, I think, in a game. If they ever really need to win it, he will be able to completely take over a game. But the Eagles aren't aren't going to slow down that offense at all. Struggle against handling Baltimore's defense. That old line is still beat up in Philadelphia. The Ravens should take this game. And then the last pick that I have, I have a player prop since we're a fantasy football podcast. I figured it'd be best to get a player prop in here. So piggybacking off the last game that I said, I have Travis Fulgham, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, over four and a half receptions at plus 100 odds. I feel great about that pick. He had 13 targets last week. Nobody else is coming back to eat into those targets. I'm super excited about this parlay. I'm absolutely hammering the parlay and hammering this player prop, and I can't wait to make so much money this week. <laughs> All right, Tyler, thank you very much for your incredible insight there. I agree we are due. I'll echo that for you. That will um, that'll wrap up our content for this week's show. Uh, we want to thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in. We love doing these shows and producing this content, and we look forward to doing this for a, a long time to come. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're new and um, give us a like on the video. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well at Fantasy Frenzy and at Fantasy Frenzy Pod. We'll have all those links below. Um, Again, on behalf of me, Rob and Tyler, we want to thank you all so much for being here. And we will see you all on the next episode of the Fantasy Frenzy Podcast. Take care of yourselves.